Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And today we're going to have a delicious conversation with author Anita Musgrove. She's the author of the Backroad Restaurants Recipe Series. She just released the Mississippi one back in 2021. And it's with a Mississippi publishing company, The Great American Cookbooks. And we all love our little low-key back road diners and hangouts and so what a fun conversation and what a fun job you have miss anita oh i do i love my job and i gotta find out how first welcome but then how did you get connected in this how did you find yourself so lucky to get to travel around and eat and steal recipes and then write about them which i don't think you steal them but still I just borrow <laughs> with permission. I know <laughs> always. Uh, my daughter owns Great American Publishers, and we actually did the Back Road series as a tribute to her father. Did he like to go to the small restaurants and low key hangouts whenever he would travel? Yes, uh, he would take, and we would just get up early in the morning and take off. And he never liked to eat at a big restaurant he looked for the little mom and pop places the ones that only the locals know about and as we traveled across the countries we found out you know there's not a good list of places you have to really talk to the people and find out the best places to eat and that is you know the out of the way places the little um, restaurant sitting on the side of the road or the bend of the road it's got a little rusty sign that says best food here you know, you call them hole in the walls, but that's like with respect, right? You're not being disrespectful. That's just sort of the terminology of it's been there for a minute. Everybody knows about it, right? And it's just a small sort of quaint place. And they usually, you're right, they have the best food. And usually the locals are the only ones who, who know about it in terms of word of mouth. So how would he find these if you were traveling? Would he ask specific people? Because I'm assuming you know yelp and some of the other online platforms to find eateries weren't necessarily available several decades ago so how was he finding his little low-key places uh he would stop the little farmer walking down the side of the road and say (laughs) hey we're hungry where it's the best place to eat and the guy would say hey you just passed the best place he said back about a mile and a half in the little bend of the road he said you'll see a little wooden chair he said just go through the door and there you go. And then you would order, what, hamburgers, steaks. Oh, you probably name it, right? Uh, well, usually the places we ate at were meat and three. 
Ah, uh-huh, so you got to meet in three vegetables. Right. And we love the little places because you can go back two or three years later. They remember you. Because you know, so you're different. You you're, weren't local. <laughs> we, we were definitely different. You stuck out, which and like in the best way, though. It's like, oh, you came back. You're not from around here. So you're, you know, you're easier to sort of remember. And you bring up a good point, uh, Miss Anito. If we get the chance to do that, you always leave and go, man, that was the best burger I ever had or the best greens I ever tasted or whatever. And you think, man, I'd love to have that recipe. But often you don't get the chance to do that because, you know, you don't they don't always just turn them away. So when you were thinking about doing the Backroads Restaurants uh, cookbook, or I guess a cookbook would have to have recipes, how important was the recipes to it? Well, you wouldn't have a cookbook if you didn't have the That's recipes. <laughs> that is very true. But now we did run into restaurants it would take, and they did not want to give you their secret recipe. So we compensated with that by asking them, what did your grandmother like to cook for you? Or what did you look forward to eating when you went to your grandmother's house? And there's a lot of recipes in these books that are a tribute to other family members. And we list them as local favorites or family favorites. That's fair, because if it is considered a secret recipe, you don't want the secret that's in the sauce out in a cookbook for everybody to be able to replicate. But we've often talked here on Good Things with Anita, like especially like my mom's spaghetti. I have the recipe. I've made it a hundred times. It don't taste like my mama's spaghetti. <laughs> so there's probably still, you know, even recipes you appreciate being able to replicate at home. It's still not the same experience as getting to go to your the actual restaurant and sit down and enjoy them but it's the next best thing if you're not traveling you can have your favorite dish right at home that's right and we found out you know people are just as interested into knowing what the chefs at these restaurants are cooking and eating at home as they are in the restaurant recipes oh kind of like your favorite musician what's on their spotify or their playlist like what are they kind of into huh that's right okay so how do you go about doing this so was mississippi what was your first one or state in the series i'm from alabama and of course we had to do the alabama back road restaurant recipes first and so how did you get started thinking about how to compile that into a cookbook it was just trial and error to start with um, we found a, a formula that worked and it has worked now we're doing on our 11th addition to the back road uh, series we're doing georgia now so I don't know if really what we're doing is it working or not. You know, the book sale says it's working, so we just continue doing the same old thing we've always done. Somebody's enjoying it, Miss Anita. I would have to say that. Okay, so is you don't have to give us away your secret formula, but how do you sort of think about I know with the Mississippi one, you have sort of um, I guess organized it into our regions. We've got the Delta region, hills, ponds, capital, coastal. Do all states have I know not similar regions as ours in Mississippi, but similar distinctive regions that they would be unique to their own state. I guess, ma'am, what we do, we go on usually the Tourism Bureau and find their best region map, and we set each book up into four or five regions. We try not to go over five. I think we've got one that did only have three. But we set it up by regions, and then each region, the uh, restaurants are listed alphabetical by city. And then you get to feet on the ground, going knocking on doors, trying to find these restaurants because they're the locals' favorites. They're not just out there listed for you. 
Well, I take and I talk to a lot of people. Uh, school teachers are my best bet on the best restaurants to eat. After being with those kids all day long, they want someplace good and they want it good food. So I talk to teachers, firemen, uh, aldermen. I've talked to several good governors throughout these states, uh, policemen. Gosh, just like the Visitors Bureau, mm -hmm. like Miss Meredith at um, the Georgia Bureau just gave me a list of about 15 of her favorite restaurants. And I don't get to go to every restaurant, so I depend on other people to tell me just how great they are. And then how do you narrow it down to just a recipe or two from each establishment? Or how many recipes come from each, each um, restaurant? We ask for three to five. And that's just because we don't want 50 pound cakes in one book. <laughs> and everybody's got a good pound cake recipe. That's funny. I love that they do. I mean, and you would think that a pound cake recipe would be very standard, but it's really not. People will swear by their pound cake recipe. Oh, theirs is always the best. Mm -hmm. That's funny. I just opened this one here in the Mississippi's, Miss Anita, and I flipped to Weidman's, which is uh, one of Meridian's oldest restaurant. And you've got here their crab dip, their maple pecan Brussels sprouts, and what else is on here? I think that may be it. That's delicious. Those are good recipes. They are good recipes. And if we don't think the recipe will go or it's got like that exotic spice, it's $11 a container. We like the recipes that you have most of the stuff in your cabinet already. Which I think lends to being perfect for a lot of your local and back roads kind of um, eateries. It's because they're just good old down-home people, too, probably not using the frou-frou stuff. Well, they're... Some are. Some are. Some well, I are. guess they're using it over and over again. So they're using the whole $11, I guess, spice jar. Right. In a, in a restaurant, they probably do. But you're not going to use it at home. And we want, we want recipes that you can take and you can open it up and say, hey, I need a good recipe for tonight. I got people coming over and I want something different and unique. And you can find them in these cookbooks. And then also if you just think, hey, I'm going to visit somewhere or one of the states, or if you've got family members in a different state, just sort of seeing the stories too, I think, behind the restaurants and then the recipes too is very interesting. Do you learn a lot about the, the local, not just culinary scene, but just sort of the culture and the individual, um, I guess, personalities of each? state and region oh yes ma'am it's you know it's just like I, I guess my preacher's wife jewel Fay gray um i go to rock hill baptist church and she says it's best uh, her and her husband take and they travel all the time and she says she'll pick up a new book that i brought her and she will read that book on those trips and she reads them like novels because that's really like the culinary scene. It has a story to be told. You've told Mississippi's and Mississippi Backroads Restaurants and Recipes. We've got more with author Anita Musgrove coming up next.
3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm, streaming from your Supertalk Mississippi app. We hope you know you're always on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And sometimes we get the conversation started a little early over on our Good Things Facebook group, which is where we did today. We're continuing our conversation with author Miss Anita Musgrove. She wrote Mississippi's Back Road Restaurant and Recipes, but she's also written 10 others on 10 other states, or she's in the process of writing her 11th. Is there 10 total now? There's 10 total in print now, and, and we're on our 11th. And you're on your 11th one and so on the good things facebook group i asked you to share with us what are your favorite low-key kind of back road or local spots to eat you guys are coming in uh strong so brad says martin's in john's mississippi are you familiar with that miss anita i, know that's I right. am yeah oh so okay the fish house that you mentioned was easton's catfish house easton's catfish house off highway 43 in mendenhall it's in mendenhall but it's on merit right down below merit creek so Rod Simmons um, posted that one as well, and you said it's the best. It is the best. What makes it special? Because you never have to worry about the fish coming out cold. The fries are good. The coleslaw is good. They have some of the best turnip greens you've ever ate. And she has a special recipe she does with her hush puppies. There is something about your local fish houses, and it's almost like your um, pound cakes, right? You feel like it's the same formula wherever you go to a fish house. It's got the fried fish, the hush puppies, the coleslaw, but yet it's different in every community. If you go, I mean, that's the similar because you're getting the same plate, but it's it's different, and they're not all the same. Every fish house is different. How many have you been to? Fish houses in seventy three years. <laughs> I would say quite a few. I don't need an honest answer. So (laughs) so I take it that you stand firm on your recommendation for Eason's Eason's Fish House. What about Danny's Italian Beef in Boonville? Tammy mentioned that one. I've not been there, Mm -hmm. but if I'm not mistaken, one of the aldermen is the one that I talked to about featuring that, and he just sang their praises like crazy. So when you're writing these books, now you've got like 10 under your belt, so you've got a lot of restaurants running through your head and recipes, but thinking in Mississippi, what stories stand out to you, Miss Anita? Oh, gosh, just how these people started from nothing, and they built their restaurant, and they don't advertise a whole lot, and that's what we get in these books is, um, I don't want to be in a book because I don't advertise. And I tell them, you know, this is a word-of-mouth book. You know, this is a book that people are going to take. They're going to put it in their car. And as they travel through the states, they'll be able to take and eat at the best restaurants. Uh, you can absolutely go from one end of the state and always eat at a locally-owned place to eat. Um, we take and we want to take and um put the mom-and-pop restaurants in it because they're the the ones that's still struggling to pay house notes and kids schooling and ballet lessons, you know. We want to take, they don't have an unlimited amount of money to spend. And this is just our way because we say that we're going to get them in 40,000-plus hands in the next five to ten years after they get in these books. And they are in these books for five to ten years. 
And because they're hanging around your community, too, they're also the ones that are, uh, you know, supporting the local uh, softball, baseball tournaments, soccer tournaments. They're the ones that are sort of giving back and all. And so, you know, we always support local here on good things. And it's a way of, you know, visiting your state one meal at a time. And it does take a little extra effort sometimes to find the one off the beaten path. But you never regret it, right? Like, I think it's always, even if the food is not, like, the best because everyone doesn't hit a home room run every day on every meal or every selection but it's a story that you'll remember like forever versus just going to the local chain and all you have to do is go into these places and just start talking to the owners or ask about the owner 90 percent of the time the owners are out wandering around their diners and just stop and ask them you know they'll tell you the story behind the restaurant and that's what we like too is because we like the story behind the restaurant because we say these books read like novels does one story stick out to you miss anita no, not really. Now, I, I love Martin's Restaurant in downtown Jackson. Uh, I, ate that as, I ate there as a kid, and um, there was another one in downtown Jackson that I ate at that's no longer available, you know, to be in the book that we always ate at. But I just have fond memories of going into them, and Mom and Dad would take us in there. We didn't get to eat out a whole lot, but 90% of the time, you know, we could just wander around in the restaurant, and most of the time the cooks would take and come out, you know, and, and get us and let us go back there and see, you know. There's nothing better than a flat iron grill hamburger. Uh, there was one restaurant that I tried to get in the book, and it's closed, Mr. Max, and their cook would always take me back there and let me help cook those flat iron grill hamburgers, and they were delicious. They are delicious, and they're seasoned with just memories over time and um, so many stories in those uh, different restaurants uh, as well. Carrie in Richland said, Burmans? Am I saying that right? Burnham? Burnham's. 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 (laughs) I'm sorry, Carrie. Burnham's on (laughs) Highway 84, just west of Collins. Are you familiar with that one, Miss? I am. I have actually eaten there. What about Coney Island in downtown Hattiesburg? Just celebrated 100 years and four generations. Now, I've not been to that. One. Oh, we were gonna have to add that one. We're on gonna have to add them next Mississippi time we go 2.0. There you go. When you when you come back through, and I know, like, how many restaurants do y'all try to get in each cookbook? Each cookbook has 110 restaurants in it, and each restaurant gets a full two-page spread that's full color. It has pictures, um, recipes, and it can be the restaurant recipe or it can be a family favorite recipe. Have you um, tried any of the recipes at home, Miss Anita? Uh, quite often. What's the What's one that stands out to you? In Mississippi? Mm-hmm. Just or any, a, actually. Yeah, just most any of the uh, recipes in Mississippi. Now, in the Alabama book, there's a mini cheesecake that I go over to Goat Hill Museum and sign books usually once a year. Mm-hmm. And I always cook about 450 of those and take with me so that people coming through the museum can take and taste them and there's not ever any left i wouldn't think so a good cheesecake there you can't it's hard to beat one of those i'm thumbing through this and i'm getting hungry miss anita uh that's okay we'll go (laughs) we'll go out and eat when you get through here (laughs) do y'all use your own cookbooks when y'all travel like to look through and sort of see where you want to go and what you want to do i do because i try if i go to one of the states i put the book in the car with me and as we're traveling i'll go in and talk to the owners and say hey 
you know, I'm a NATO. <laughs> I've talked to you on the phone. Might not have seen you face to face, but this is me. This is me, and this is the cookbook. Dan in Hattiesburg said, was Bobby G's White House ever in one of your books? No. No. Unfortunately. But see, that goes to show that there's still so many. If there's 110, there's probably 110 plus more that could have made it and just, you know, space, time. Well, he might not have made this cookbook, but she's over here, do, t- she's over here taking two, notes. That's right. I always take notes on the good ones. Other than Mississippi, what was the uh, state that you had the most fun putting together that surprised uh, the, you? The first one, Alabama, because it's it went so fast, and it was a first book, and it it's the baby book. It's the one that kicked it all off. It kicked it all off. Do you have plans to do all the states? I, if the good Lord would let me live that long, I would do it. It usually takes about a year and a half to two years to put a book together. I'm doing the math. You said you, you confessed, Miss Anita, that you were 73. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we can get a good 20-plus more out of you. That's what I'm telling my daughter. She owns the company. She's locally owned, too. Yes. And that's why we stick with the locally owned. We know it works. And we know cookbooks work because you never see a bad cookbook. Well, not out of not from Great American Publishing. Well, not from anybody really. Really, well, a cookbook's good. Yes, you're right. Everyone loves a good cookbook. Where can we get your cookbooks, Miss Anita? Uh, you can go on our website, which is www.greatamericanpublishers.com, and you can see a list of all of our books that we do. What's the one state you want to make sure you get to? Oh gosh, the last one I went to was Kentucky. And I really didn't get to spend the amount of time in Kentucky that I really wanted to. We went up to see the Ark, and I I did go to five or six of the Kentucky restaurants that were in the book. And I would love to spend a little more time in Kentucky. Well, maybe the good Lord will get you back there so you can finish up that cookbook as well. But we want to encourage you that when you purchase this one, you're supporting two Mississippians, you as a local artist, um, author, and then your local restaurants, but then also a local publishing. So I think that's important to share as well. So remind us, Miss Anita, where do we get it? www.greatamericanpublishers.com. All righty. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Becca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. You 
watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And tomorrow you can enjoy the entire Supertalk Mississippi family at Sally Kate Winters Family Services in West Point. Coming up, that's tomorrow, Tuesday, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. as we promote Child Abuse Awareness Month. So you get to hear stories throughout the day about the organization and make donations that make a difference in the lives of children and their need of their services. And you got till Friday till we do, I guess, the drawing or how we're, we're wrapping up the Morgan Wallen uh, opportunity to win the tickets. If you haven't heard, he's coming to Oxford in, well, it's April. <laughs> in April, we're here. We have made it to the Morgan Wallen month. This and is your last week. This is your last week. And so it's coming up quick, fast, in a hurry on April the 23rd. Um, you can still go to registration boxes throughout the state. You got uh, uh, tickets at Southern Business Supply Meridian. Seals, Tire, and Auto in Gulfport, Hamilton Nutrition in Hamilton, and there's really many more. You just got to go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find the full list of registrations. Um, and, yeah, you got until the end of this week uh, to go and seal the deal for those two sweet seat tickets at Vault Hemingway Stadium. Again, that's for the Sunday show, April the 23rd. And it's brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. So it's going to to be a good show. Speaking of shows, I'm loving. I know the whole Tay Tay thing or, or uh, Taylor Swift concert debacle. I get that with the tickets, but those of you who have gotten them, and I've seen several of my friends who have gone from, I guess, what, Texas, I think is the one. There's one in Texas tonight or coming up this week. I know you're shaking your head. You don't I know. Couldn't careless. Even guess. Guess or careless. I understand. But what I'm seeing is so many dads like stepping up and taking their tween daughters to Taylor Swift concerts. And I think that I like it. I think it's kind of cool and fun. I don't know why mom got left out of the bunch, whether she's just over Tay. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if mom's over Tay, then you know dad didn't even give a flip. Well, I don't know. but I think it's cute. I think it's fun. I know that that is a uh, sore topic for many who didn't get tickets or overpay. It's the whole, th- the whole thing. But there are still a whole bunch of people who made that life choice, invested in them, got them, and then are now getting to travel and spend time making a whole v- family vacation um, out of it. I like how you use the word invested, because these things cost an arm and a leg to hear the same 17 songs she's been singing over and over <laughs> and over since she started. Well, at least we all know the lyrics, and we're not sitting there humming along like we don't know where we're going. Like she's released four, the same thing, the same album, the same songs. It's working four for Four times. It's working for <laughs> I, I tweaked the note in the third measure for this one song. It's totally different. Buy it again. So what you're telling me is you may not have Taylor Swift on your Spotify. or on If your... it comes on, I turn off Spotify. <laughs> that, that algorithm doesn't. You know what? Just because Big Brother's listening to us now, I bet your phone is picking up and you're going to start getting the little heart, whatever, and Taylor Swift things come up on your Facebook account. I'm trying to talk talk it into existence so you get angry at me when the algorithm in your phone starts Oh, the you. algorithm is all kinds of confused when it comes to me because between soccer and Formula One, it doesn't know what language I speak. That's funny. I get ads in just about every language that ads are available in. Well, you do have varying 
hobbies and interests. We are just very clear. What does she call her little squad? I don't know. Swifties. You're not a Swifty. See, I have to think about it. No, it's not my thing. I would go if someone provided me a ticket. I'd be there in a heartbeat. I would might pay maybe a hundred bucks or so to go see her, but I'm not dropping. I'm not investing. I'm not investing. I'm not investing to see anybody that I can probably listen to on the radio or in DVD or CD, whatever form. But you brought up a good point. The same songs over and over again. But we, but just because she's not your flavor of artist, we've all had a song or an artist, but probably more of like thinking the song that you've played or played at some point in your life, like on repeat over and over and over and over. That was your jam. And now if you hear it, you're probably hearing it in the grocery store because we're too old for that. And that was playing things over and over and over again. What was your jam that you would play over and over and over again? Blue Daba D. No, I didn't, Eiffel 65. I didn't see that one coming. That was one of them. One of many. So was it CD or oh, yeah. cassette? Okay. The whole album. The one where so they, you did the whole album. They had, they had Blue Daba D. They had the song about Sony PlayStation. I mean, they're all kind of weird Euro techie music. And that was just for you? That was one of many. We want to know what you played on... Repeat, 601-879-4395, new, vintage, whatever in between, at whatever stage, age of your life. But I feel like, you know, you really have to be a fan if you played the same song, like, over and over and over. But I think if you're Or in, if you could only afford the single. That's back when they just would release singles. Oh, yeah, because you could get the album on CD for, like, 20 bucks. Or if you just had that one song off the album that you really liked, you could get it on the single CD for like 3 or $4. And it would come with a, a B-side on a CD, a second song that was never any good. One CD that I wore slap out, and I've probably only seen the movie a few times, but there was a time where you would actually buy soundtracks. But Varsity Blues soundtrack oh, yeah. is one of the best soundtracks and compilations of like just great song after song after song and i appreciated soundtracks because you got a mixture of artists in one cd back before you could do all of that and so yeah i would put that one in and play it over and over and over that's why the now cds were such a big deal at that time the now that's what i call music and we just called them now right and they would come in the in the accordion Oh, yeah. Kind of little pamphlet sort of, th- not pamphlet, but you would have the, what, four or six CDs in a, in a, not well, that might have been later. I, I remember now one was just a single CD with 20 songs from all kind of different genres. But you had like 80s, 90s, didn't they have them by the, by the genre I think or eventually by the decade? they did it by genre and decade and all that once the, the newness of having a, a mixed tape you could or maybe buy. it's something else jock jams jock jams was another compilation yes usually with like stadium rock and cheers interspersed in between it okay you, you get jock jams you go far enough back you do have like track one's a song yeah track two's the cheer squad track track three's the song track four is a cheer squad this is how old i am we created our cheerleading routine off of jock jam songs that shows you that there was a time before cheerleaders had all of these professional 
produced, digitally created, sound effecty kind of whatever routines. There the was beats a per minute have to match 210 or we can't do it. There was a time where you just put a jock jams and turned it to number 12 and hit the play, and then you started doing your little late count, and that was... <laughs> That was your entire. That was that was it. That that was that was the that was the routine for sure. Dan in Hattiesburg says, "Running down a dream" by Tom Petty. Good driving tune. Have you heard Lainey Gardner singing "Dreams"? I've not. The CD holder she's talking about is called a jewel case, so it's not an accordion. <laughs> but you knew exactly what I was talking about. It's sort of just it. It looks like a little, I don't know, not a snake. It it fall it like it falls into itself, and then I don't think I ever had one of those for a multi disc compilation or collection. I had the big fat jewel case where it would open on the front and the back, and you'd have like four in there. Okay, maybe that's what I'm talking about. But I, I just remember getting into the jewel case required either incredible patience or an exacto knife. They did. They wrapped those things they up. They had that, that super sticky stuff on there to keep you from sneaking the CDs out of the package. Mike from Grand Bay says, Soundtrack to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Over and over and over again. Soundtrack from Roadhouse. Oh, I bet that's a good one. I agree. See, soundtracks are just underappreciated, I feel like. And I like if you're going back and like wanting to find little jewels in the cd realm i think finding snagging good soundtracks to me is is a better uh a better use of your time pink floyd's the wall over and over and over again and now if you do hear it even if you are in the grocery store because we're old enough for our hits to be now streamed (laughs) over the grocery store music it's like it takes you right back to your little 99 sunfire with the windows down play in your song maybe that maybe it's me just me maybe not you different vehicle but you know exactly like where you're at what you're doing and that sort of space and time in your life i think that's pretty cool i'll take you one step further from the soundtrack i had an affinity for the grammy nominees album that they would release not even the winners just the nominees because it was huh. you would go from joan osborne to coolio to Alanis Morissette in the span of three songs. Do they still do that? I don't think so. Oh, I feel like that we missed out on that. That feels like a good sort of treasure trove of good music and musicians. Stick with us, though. We got more good for you up next. Upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. I'm a morning time, and we're going strong, headed up down the river. Oh, Lord, I feel the reveling. I feel a change on the rise. You can watch good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. We're even on YouTube. You can also catch us on C Spire TV if you've got that. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And you can catch good things in podcast form so you never miss a show. You can do that wherever you listen to podcasts. And a congratulations, too, to Zachariah Smith. 
He is the American Idol contestant out of Amory, Mississippi. He is moving on. He made it through the performance challenge of Hollywood Week. And he's moving on to the duet rounds. And I'll have to be honest, I don't know as much about American Idol as I do about The Voice and some of the other singing shows. I just, All I know is it went away and it came back and it looks different now. Well, there's different judges and it's brighter. It's a really bright set. And by bright, I mean lots of lights. Like it's a bright set. And uh, <laughs> every time I turn it on, I'm like, wow, it's like there bright. should be a hallelujah chorus because it's so yes. bright. Like I feel, you know, that um, ride at the fair that you spin around and then it lights up and then you gravitate upwards. It kind of feels like at any moment they're just going to start spinning. And I don't want to say into orbit, but like that kind of that. Now that I would tune in for. <laughs> if at a random point in the show, the audience just gets starts, they start, they got they get spun up. It definitely would add a layer or flavor to the. To We're the working our way there. We're working your way there. Society slowly, incrementally becoming okay with the idea of carnival rides and reality tv crossing over well and then you let's while we're going down this ridiculous path let's throw in the social media aspect to it and voting so that you know the big push now let's talk about how cds and music and all that's different than the last 15 20 years how you watch these sort of um talent shows or however you want to call it singing competitions you go home and turn on the tv to mtv or vh1 to find a music video for an artist you hadn't heard of then go to the store and buy their album to listen to them right and so now though it's more of trying to get the audience into the voting and america's vote you got to vote 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 and they just want you to go to their website whatever and click i get it um but what if you got to choose what what if it was like i hate to use the word hunger games because people die because that's a terrible thing but if it was you know you got to like you vote on what randomly happened next to the contestant. Remember, they chose this. I mean, they went, to, you know, to be up there. And then it was spinning around, whatever, fall down. I don't know. The Find audience the has chosen for you to sing Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire while riding the Ring of Fire. <laughs> I th- you know, I think there's there's something inherent about people finding humor and entertainment and other people's displeasure or disdain i don't it's written in our dna we don't want anyone to get hurt or to lose significant health over it but it's just funny to watch someone randomly get bite in the face (laughs) it's better if they don't know it's coming it's funny if they know it's coming but it's even better if it's completely unexpected kind of like at the mexican restaurant when it's your birthday and you hear the music, and you automatically are like, oh, no. And then you feel the sombrero on your head. And then the next thing you know, you're breathing in Cool Whip up your nose because you've been plastered in the face, and now you're crying laughing. So it's burning your eyes because now it's in your eyelashes, and it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. So avoid Mexican restaurants on your birthday if that is not something you want to happen. Not that I would know. No. No prior experience. No. And kids think it's great when it happens to mom and dad, but they go hysterical when the sombrero comes out for them. I'm not really sure how we got there, but... (laughs) We did have several people chime in with their choice for soundtracks that they would just listen to over and over and over again. And there are a lot of really good winners on this one. You got Dave... 
who says the best soundtrack of all time was Footloose. That's a tough one to beat. Although I think two of them that came in after that might have some some competition with it. Bo chimes in on the C Spire text line, the soundtrack from Heavy Metal. That's a classic. And then probably the ultimate. Yeah, it was an animated movie from the early 80s. Mm -hmm. Really influential. I would say this might just be the best soundtrack of the 80s. Even beating out Footloose has a very similar sound because it's made by the same man. Kenny Loggins, the soundtrack to Top Gun. The original Top Gun. I'm, yes. Yes, and I'm sure the second one is just not just as great, but well done also. But Dan and Hattiesburg wins today. You spin me round and round while riding the Gravitron. <laughs> oh. Y'all make good things great. I appreciate you so much for that good laugh here on a Monday. And the conversation never ends over on the Good Things Facebook group, so go meet us there. You got more coming up next with the boys from 3 to 6. Uh, but Rhino, I'll meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.